The government doesn't have that many senior executive service members, about 8,000 in a workforce of 2 million. But they are the main buffers and translators between the political appointees and the rank and file who actually do the work of government. Now, the Senior Executives Association has a new board chairman. He retired last year as Senior Executive Advisor to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Centers. Marcus Hill talked with Tom Temin. You were a senior executive for a long time, and I guess it never really leaves you, even though you've been out of government for about a year. At this point in 2022, leading into 2023, some turmoil in the country. What's your sense of the big concerns now for the senior executives? What's top of mind for them in their careers right now, do you think? I know for the the Senior Executive Association, we're really focused on putting together our agenda for the new administration. And and one of the uh, focal points of that agenda is going to be Schedule F and really trying to ensure that uh, we're not in a situation where career executives, as well as those that would be impacted by the initiation of a Schedule F appointee, would degradate our career workforce. So that's really what our focus has been on. Our political advisor, Jason Breifel, has been at the tip of the spear working with our policy committee, as well as our um, partners to really hopefully uh, hold the forces um, uh, that support that initiative off and and really just kind of continue with our current model of good government. Is the fear that with Schedule F, that would mostly apply to senior executives and they could almost become the fall guys for what happens in an administration, even though they're not politically appointed, but they could, in effect, be treated that way? Yes, I see that as sort of a hybrid um, Schedule C appointment. So obviously, career executives are in place to ensure continuity. And I say we, and even though I'm retired, I'll still say we. We're focused on uh, serving the the American people daily, making sure that uh, we provide the services that are expected of the federal government. And so uh, to keep that cadre of career executives in place is, is really paramount to, I believe, our ability to provide that service to the American people. And beyond the Schedule F threat, and I guess there is a legislative gambit going on to kill that idea forever. And so presumably you're supporting that one. But what other issues? I mean, there's always been the issue of do SES members have sufficient training of themselves for leadership, the idea of the portability of the senior executive versus the singular mission focus, that kind of thing. Do those issues come up? They do. And as a matter of fact, our association a couple of months ago uh, began updating our strategic plan. And and I'm I'm happy to announce that we'll be unveiling that in the coming weeks. And one of the pinnacles of strategic priorities within that plan is to focus on providing better professional development opportunities for current senior executives as well as aspiring leaders. So we've actually um, contracted with a company to help us really identify content around five buckets that we've established that we're going to provide uh, those opportunities uh, to our members in the upcoming year. And those buckets are? Leading change, leading people, results-driven, business acumen, and building coalitions. All right. And let me ask you this. Uh, That's focusing on the SES and on the workforce. What's your best advice for political appointees that are coming in? We're halfway through an administration now. This is a time when people tend to leave and a fresh set of appointees comes in for the second half. And so a lot of your former colleagues will now be having new political leadership. What should SES people say to the incoming pollets? to make sure everything works out well. 
Well, I would recommend to uh, incoming uh, political city appointees to really value those career SES that are in their organizations, understanding that the political um, uh, schedule C appointees have an agenda, but those folks within those positions in the career realm are apolitical. Um, they take pride in that, and they really just want to fulfill the mission of the organization. So really incorporate them early on, share the agenda with them, and get them involved in terms of trying to figure out how to uh, fulfill the administration's agenda. We're speaking with Marcus Hill. He's chairman of the board of the Senior Executives Association. And while we have you, tell us a little bit about your own career, because you had a long one in the federal government and several jobs. Yes, uh, and, and I'll let's do it in a snippet. Uh, my federal career began back in 1983 when I was selected by the Department of the Navy to participate in this first federal junior fellowship program at Naval Submarine Base Kings Bay. So I started out as a co-op student, if you will, a GS2 within the Civilian Personnel Department in which I worked during uh, my holiday periods and summers while I was in college. So um, at the end of college, I actually accepted a commission uh, in the United States Air Force. But before I left, I was able to fulfill a career appointment and get status within the civil service. So I went off, I did a military furlough, came back to civil service, and literally began to move around the, the uh, Department of Defense. I worked for the Department of the Navy, uh, the Department of the Air Force, had an opportunity to go up to Norfolk, Virginia and work for the Navy in human capital there, where I served as a labor relations person and employee relations specialist. And then I just kind of migrated back down south to Naval Submarine Base Kings Bay, became the head of the workforce relations program there and just started moving around a little bit. And I'm happy to say I was able to uh, sort of transition um, from the human capital uh, career field and kind of ex uh, broaden my experiences, worked with uh, the Transportation Security Administration and ultimately was able to settle into the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, which uh, I spent about, I want to say about 15 years or so in that organization. And again, I was privileged to oversee one of their major portfolios, their, their mission support portfolio, which basically encompassed all of those programs that supported the law enforcement training mission. So with that, in 2021, I uh, decided to retire after 37 and a half years. And so with that, I just wanted to become uh, more active within the Senior Executive Association, which I've been a member of since 2006. And there you have it in terms of what has inspired me to take on this chairmanship. And starting out as a GS2, there's not a lot of beer money left over at the end of the week, is there? There's absolutely none. <laughs> absolutely none. <laughs> Better to rise through the ranks. And just a final question, you would advise young people to enter federal service? Yes, I would definitely uh, advise uh, young people to um, enter federal, federal service. As a matter of fact, I've got three children myself. Two of them, uh, actually one's in college right now, one's just fresh out of college. And my wife and I, my wife is actually a civil servant as well. We're sort of trying to steer those two younger ones uh, into government service because not just because of, uh, of the benefits and so forth associated with government, but it just gives you an opportunity to serve. And in my family, uh, to include my parents, my dad was a, a retired uh, Army um, two-tour Vietnam combat veteran. And we come from a family of service. So I would really advise young people to consider government service because it's good service. And just to close, I'm a guy 
from a, a one caution light town in Southeast Georgia uh, that started out as a GS2. And through civil service, I was able to serve uh, in many uh, agencies, uh, many locations, uh, have many experiences and a career that culminated in being recognized as a, as a 2017 Presidential Rank Award recipient. Not too bad from a guy that grew up across the tracks in a trailer on a dirt road. That's Marcus Hill, the new chairman of the board of the Senior Executives Association. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. And you can hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.